Hello everyone and welcome to another edition of Screaming for Progress. I'm your host as always, Stuart Lang. Alongside me I have the grim fish, Liam Morrow. How are you doing, Liam? Yeah, I'm good. Um, quite excited to talk about this, actually. Yes, and this week we are talking about Chapter 55, Chase the Sun, the long-awaited Alexandra Palace show by Progress Wrestling. Um, before we get right into it, I'd like to thank everyone who's listened to the shows so far, as well as interacted with us on social media. Um, if you want to get us on there, just search Screaming for Progress on Facebook. And if you have Twitter, then it's Progress Scream for our Twitter feed. And if you want to follow either of us, I'm out after Dark 216. Liam is the grim fish. So without any further ado, uh, we'll get straight into the action. And what a match to start us off. Um, a tag team ladder match for the Progress Tag Titles between CCK, the best boys, um, and British Strong Style. So uh, Liam, I don't know if you want to um, give us a little bit of the build up to this or talk about the start of the match. Um, yeah, it was just sort of... Um CCK come out and then British Strong Style come out, did their usual mocking Triple H thing, which I don't know where that's come from, but they did it anyway. Um, and yeah, lots of, well, I say lots of ladders throughout the ring. They were ladders, but not like ladders you'd see in bigger events. They were just like normal step ladders, which didn't look particularly safe, but... Considering the match, that's not really an issue. Yeah, I did notice that as well. These were proper, like, home base ladders. Like, these weren't, like, <laughs> they didn't look like they were sort of, like, work wrestling ladders, um, you know, that are maybe, like, padded with something slightly or um, made a slightly um, more, um, I'm trying to think of the right word flexible material. You know, you see some of the, the, the sort of spot ladders and it's, Definitely in WWE matches, I've seen it in Ring of, Ring of Honor and stuff as well. Um, they they just kind of don't look safe enough to climb um, because you know you see them bending slightly. They're meant to have someone dropped on them for least impact. These look like just the sort of ladder you'd have in your garden, uh, like your garden <laughs> shed. You know, um, yeah, fair play to the guys for for doing some of the spots they ended up with. Um, yeah, it started off, finally Trent actually got a chance to look good um, at the start of this match, I thought. Um, yeah, yeah, he did. He was, as we've said about it before, like, he's not, he's better on the microphone, but he's not the greatest sort of in-ring performer. But, yeah, he he seemed to sort of shine a bit more in this one. Yeah, um, so he, he was obviously, well, he, he seemed pretty... Um, pretty hesitant to climb the ladder um yeah there's 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 so much to talk about in this match it's almost one kind of say just go and watch it like (laughs) so many big high spots on it um there was an like a ridiculous um exploder suplex um i think from the top that was um or into the ladder by by tyler Bate to chris brooks then um yeah, he sort of caught in mid-air, didn't he? Yeah, it was insane. Um, <laughs> then, like, the dragon suplex by, by Trent Seven to Kid Lycos. It's oh, just... that was... I got. I mean, it was cool, but it was also it was almost quite hard to watch because he just... You saw the impact on his back and his neck. Yeah. You just thought he's not 
he's not right after that. Yeah, now for for any of you who maybe haven't seen this spot, like it's uh, they they put a gif of it on Twitter, I think, quite quickly. Um, this was a, a dragon suplex, so kind of like almost a full Nelson slam suplex. Um, but the ladder was on its edge rather than flat in the ring. Like it was just, oh, it was just horrible. Like I say, these ladders didn't look rigged at all. Like they were, they were just there. Um, fair play to Lycos. I'm pretty sure it injured him. Um, he's he's not really competed since. I know he was injured going into the match as well. Like he he did cancel a few dates around the the show. So um, fair play yes. to him for for getting in there, but. Yeah, it was, I think it was, Brooks ended up doing like most of the match by himself after that. Yeah, no, I mean this this was something that we've spoken about off air beforehand, um, in in like our our discussion about the quality of the matches, matches of the night, that kind of thing. Um, Lycos obviously did have a proper injury. Um, Chris Brooks did end up from this point onwards, kind of shouldering a lot of the the work. Um, the the sort of only other spot that I can remember Lycos really being involved in was the the double sort of airplane spin and Cesaro swing by Tyler Bate to both yeah. CCK, um, and yeah that that was insane like that was it's, it's just another Tyler Bate ridiculous show of power yeah yeah like uh, for such a small man he's got such strength it's unreal. Yeah, um, I mean, it was kind of a bit disappointing to see Chris Brooks sort of like cross his legs to hold on um, rather than fight to get off. But other than that, like this, it did did kind of make me go, "Wow, holy crap, that looks awesome!" <laughs> um, and not long afterwards, we had Chris Brooks climbing the ladder um, and getting the getting the titles down. Um, this plays into the start of our predictions for Chapter Fifty Five. Um, where I predicted the end of British Strong Style's dominance. Um, so I felt I was off to a pretty good start here. Uh, <laughs> um, we'll, we'll talk about your uh, your predictions a little bit later, um, Liam. So, yeah, it didn't yeah. <laughs> quite have happened there, but there we go. Yeah, so, um, yeah, speaking of your predictions, uh, we next up had the match for the Women's Championship. Um, now, remind everyone... What you what you called going into this one? Well, I I just predicted that sort of Dahlia Black would win. Um, sort of your yeah, typical feel good comeback story, um, and yeah, that went horribly wrong. Yeah, though, I'm I'm not going to say this was the best match that either of them have had. It was by no means a bad match. Um, I think that. Dahlia's match with Ginny was certainly a lot better um, and I think that the last Tony Storm match that we saw um, where she won the belt um, I, I think was was better as well. This was, it wasn't was a bad follow-up to the ladder match by any means um, but yeah, just a little bit disappointed in this. I don't know if you want to say anything more about this. Did you enjoy this one? Or? Um, I mean, for... For what it was, it was a good match. Um, I I can't really say anything more about it. Um, it was, you know, two women have a match, one of them wins. Um, I wouldn't say there was any sort of 
outstanding moments or anything that sticks in the mind, really? Yeah, I mean, there wasn't really anything of any note. Um, Tony Storm retained, uh, ending it took two pile drivers and, and her suplex to, to beat the Dahlia. Um, so, you know, Dahlia looked pretty strong in defeat. She had a, a leg injury um, going into it, which was spoken about by commentary. Then afterwards, um, assuming that Tony is going back around the world to, to go to Japan, where she's doing really well, um, the rumoured WWE contract, all that sort of thing. Um, Ginny came out and attacked Dahlia Black after the match ended to assume that's going to be the focal point of the women's division. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd assume so. Yeah, um, so yeah, not a great deal more to talk about this match. However, it was during this match that I saw a guy in the front row who was wearing a beanie hat and sunglasses indoors with the sleeves on his T-shirt rolled right up and looked like Jimmy Havoc. So yeah, bit of a weird one, that. So yeah, um, he really put me off. He really drew my eye. Um, don't dress like that. Um, anyway. Don't wear sunglasses indoors. Don't wear a beanie and sunglasses. You look like a twat. Anyway, <laughs> going forward, sorry, I had to get that one off my chest. Um, if that was you at the show, please at me on Twitter. Hello. Um, going forward, um, Zack Sabre Jr. Open Challenge. So Zack Sabre Jr. came out, um, not to the best response, although that was saved for his opponent, which made it a very, very strange dynamic. So... I don't know if you want to give away who Zach fought. Well, it was um, well. We saw the the video because they had in this show they had like a I guess you call it a Titantron their version of it. Um, it sort of started off really slow, and then all of a sudden you just saw a field of umbrellas, and everyone knew at that moment it's the villain Marty Skull. Yeah. Um, and what a pop it was as well. Jesus, yeah. Um, huge. Absolutely huge. Yeah, absolutely. The the reaction of the night when those umbrellas appeared and people were up out their seats, people were going absolutely insane. Um, yeah, the one thing I would say is that his music was dreadful. Um, I really, really wanted him to come out to his uh, WCPW music, um, which is like... It's it's by the bloody beetroots um, and Steve Ioki and it's a tune, and I really wanted them to come yeah. out to it here, but obviously no real licensed music um, is able to be put on the progress shows anymore. So I get it, disappointed me anyway. Um, but yeah, it was it was really peculiar because they'd obviously worked out that Zach was going to be working face through the match, um, and as a result, Marty had to work really hard to turn the crowd against him. Um, and he still didn't really manage it no I mean you started getting them sort of middle of the match um, people were sort of booing the actions but then going straight to like a too sweet whoop whoop chant <laughs> um, like straight away um, and yeah it was it was it was a decent enough match um, I was lucky enough last year or this year even felt like last year um, to see Marty Skrull take on Will Ospreay, and that was a phenomenal match. Um, this, I thought, was a little bit too technical for my liking. I thought it kind of slowed the pace of the show a little bit. Um, 
but yeah, it was it was good actually. It was it was a, a good strong match. Um, it was kind of as a result ended up being a kind of farewell for Marty Skrull. Um, when Zack Saber Jr. was able to reverse the chicken wing, um, and and pick up the win. So yeah, he thanked thanked Progress, and that was it really. Um, yeah, and I think going to that point, I think. The way Sabre Jr. won it was a bit, I wouldn't say cheap, but it was a bit sort of... Anticlimactic. Um, yeah, that's it, yeah. yeah. It, sort of his weird sort of back bridge thing on his head he does. And I'd, li- I'd like to have seen a, a more sort of decent finish, like a decent submission or something, which you know they can both do. Yeah. Exactly. Um, yeah, like I say, quite an anticlimactic ending. Um, it was it was kind of a, a brutal promo as well by Marty Skrull. Like he said that he wasn't going to be back in progress, um, kind of ever, really. It was, it was there as a proper farewell. Um, obviously, he's doing really well. He's got um, Bullet Club now, NJPW contract. Um, he must be making a killing alone off his, his shirts being picked up in Hot Topic. Um, okay, oh yeah, and, always. Like yeah. any show you watch, there's always at least 10 in the front row. Yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's, it, it's, it was a weird one. I think if he'd kind of, I know there was no way for them to do this without telegraphing it, but if he'd started with this promo, he probably would have got the heat that they wanted him to throughout the match. Um, yeah. He would have got those those boos, but um, yeah, it was it was a match. It was fine. I think it was to get to the um, the farewell for Marty. Um, Zach kind of left without really saying or doing an awful lot. Bit of a shame, but yeah. Um, before we get on to the next match, this was kind of the first time I really took notice of it. But um, there's video packages throughout this show for the announced matches, um, and yeah, they they kind of annoyed you. So um, I'll, let, I'll let you speak about that a little. Yeah, well, I mean, the reason the reason sort of we watch Progress or ICW or other sort of indies is because they're not like the WWE that you're sort of almost forced every week where every match has a video package and it's like, well, we've been watching for weeks. We don't really need to know that. Yeah. And yeah, progress have started doing them, and they're—I don't know why they're doing them because they don't need to. Like it's—it's it's put together. I wouldn't say it's put together poorly, but they're put together in a way that doesn't really show an awful lot, and put to quite dodgy backing music as well. Yeah, they're. They're quite low quality. I mean, I get it. Like someone needs to edit these videos. It may not be their actual job, um, but I think that that's it. It's like if you if you're not going to do them to a standard, don't do them at all. Um, the problem for me was the audio was really low quality. It was like we were getting the audio feed from the arena, um, which I know ICW do in their shows. Like you you hear the the audio that you're getting in the arena over the actual video footage so it kind of makes it sound crap while looking good but I mean 
in defense of it, I kind of get why they're doing video packages for the big shows. Um, because this is going to be a standalone show that people may go and watch independently. You know, this might be their first progress show when they get the, the network, for example. This might be a jumping yeah. in point. Or it could be a... Um, like a landmark occasion or a landmark show at, at one point. Um, you know, it, it'd be like saying, um, comparing WrestleMania 1 to WrestleMania 10, you know, like, or WrestleMania 30 even. Like, people are still going to go and watch the first WrestleMania independently. And without context, it kind of makes it harder to get invested in the matches. So I, I like it, actually. Um, I didn't enjoy it so much having to watch it. But no, I, I quite like that if we, we got it at all. Um, I think if it was your first project progress show, which I think it probably would be for a lot of people, um, yeah, pretty pretty good if you ask me. Um, yeah, that's that, that's yeah yeah. I, yeah I, I get I get why they're doing it. I just think, like you said, if if they're gonna do it, at least do it to a decent standard. Don't just sort of throw it together. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's what probably annoyed me more than anything. Yeah, I, I, I can't really say I'm against that. So, yeah. Um, but the match in question um, was the death match between uh, Mark Haskins and Jimmy Havoc. Um, been building for a while. Uh, we've spoken about it on previous shows. Um, a little bit of a weird one that Mark Haskins was the one who called, uh, who asked for the death match, given that Jimmy Havoc is, is the king of a tournament of death winner. All that sort of thing. Um, I'm going to kind of telegraph the ending here. Um, because of all that, I was absolutely certain that Mark Haskins was going to win. Um, he was, I want to say he's kind of in the right to have won this match. I feel like he probably would have been the right choice to win this match as well. Um, given the, given the build-up build and that kind of thing. Um I feel like this is kind of turning into a little bit of a, a heel turn for Mark Haskins. I feel like a win would have been a lot better for him here. Um, it's it's good that Jimmy was protected, especially in his match. Um, they maybe could have booked it so that Mark did win via sort of more interference by Vicky. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a weird one. I think that, like, I'm, I'm glad that Jimmy did get the win, but not for the right reasons. You know, I'm just glad that they didn't sell him out in his match, you know? Um, no, it, it seems like he sort of, he won because it was a death match. It um, wasn't any sort of reason for him winning. Um, but like you say, it's, you know, it's his match. They're protecting him. Um, he... I think maybe this is going to lead to him sort of going back on the title hunt, possibly. Yeah. Because um, he hasn't sort of been in the picture for a while. Um, and he had sort of the last few chapters, he, he went into a bit of a slump. Um, I think they sort of mentioned it in the New York show, I think it was. Um, and, yeah, Haskins... He should be given a title shot because he didn't didn't actually lose it. He had to give it up due to injury. Yeah. Um, but 
you know, this is progress. They don't have contracted rematches and stuff like that. So, you know, there's a lot of talent there and I'm sure they're trying to give everyone a, a bit of a chance. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I think as well, if we, you know, we're going to get the heel turn from Mark Haskins, I think it would have made more sense for him to get the win here as well, uh, with Travis Banks being the face champion. He would, I think it would have been a good first um, first feud for Travis with the belt, to be honest with you. Um, I feel like a lot more to be would have been gained from a Haskins win here. And like you said, exactly that. Jimmy only seemed to win because it was a death match. Um which, yeah, disappointing, to be honest. Um, in terms of the match itself, uh, it was a really fun, really fun brawl, actually. Really fun, a lot of good spots in it. They, um, they brought the thumbtacks out at the start of the match, although they weren't used to the end, which was, which was good. I liked that. Um, kind of liked the fact they went straight to it because it is normally a, you know, a sort of crescendo event in a match. I like the fact that they went, we're using thumbtacks. And you know we didn't get it to the end. Um, kind there of... was a bit that I know you probably noticed it as well, but um, sort of Havoc took a, a blow to the head with I can't remember what it was now, um, but he spent quite a sizable chunk, sort of half underneath the ring. Yeah, um, I'm sure to sort of give himself a cut, but it was. You know, for him being so-called king of the death match, like you'd think he'd sort of make it a bit less obvious what he was doing. Yeah, I mean that's the only part that really annoyed me. Yeah, I, I'll be honest and say I didn't really notice that. Um, I didn't notice that that while I was watching it. When you've pointed it out to me, I've kind of gone, "All right, okay." Um, I think there there was. A couple of other criticisms I've got from the match. A few things I really liked. Um, I'll criticise first and then go back to what I liked. Um, I thought it was really obvious how fake the cinder blocks were. Um, you know, Mark chucked one into the ring and it snapped in half and they were like, "That's that, you see how real that cinder block is? And you're going, well, no, it, it probably wouldn't snap that easily. And then one actually broke in half while they were setting it up across a chair. Um, <laughs> like, it was very obviously polystyrene. Um, but with that said, um, the the barbed wire was definitely not not fake. Um, there was one point late in the match where Jimmy actually had to remove part of it from, from Mark Haskins' uh, thigh. Um, so, you know, I, I'm sure it wasn't completely 100% genuine barbed wire, but... It it was stuck in his skin, so you know fair fair play to him on that one, um, and yeah, I, I will admit that I I laughed like a um, I laughed like a child at the the Nerf gun and dinosaur coming out, <laughs> um, a nice little throwback to uh, what's his son's name Jack I think it was chapter forty six. It's like I just wanted uh, I just like to chill and shoot dinosaurs, which is named by Jack Haskins. Um, and that was part of the ent- entrance in that show, and nice little throwback. Obviously, both got used by weapon as weapons. Uh, Jimmy got shot in the balls with a Nerf gun. Probably not the most pleasant experience, I can probably imagine. Um, no, even though they're they're foam, yeah. When they hit you in a sensitive area, they still hurt. Yeah, I mean, especially it's, from point blank range. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> wouldn't uh, wouldn't fancy taking that myself. Um, 
one weak question I, I really can't see how they fake the paper cuts to be honest like the paper cuts in the tongue the mouth between the fingers I'm not really sure how that uh, how they how they pull the punches on that one you know it's not like you can get blunt paper um, no so that's yeah not not sure on that one I don't know because it, it makes it makes the sound yeah so if you listen closely you can hear that sort of paper sliding sound so yeah exactly maybe they just sort of say you know bollocks to it let's just do it and oh. make it as real as we can <laughs> Oh, yeah, definitely not me. I think I'd rather take the, the massive uh, Death Valley driver through the stage, from the stage to the table that Jimmy took um, than, than that. Especially, Jesus, yeah. it, it did look kind of padded. I'd actually say they, they showed an angle of it on Twitter. Um, it was actually a lot a lot better looking um, than the one that they actually showed on the event, um, which I actually noticed a few times, like what they shared on Twitter on their, their own channel, like Progress's own channel, the angles that they used for a few of the, the cuts in this didn't really, you know, they didn't look as, as good as what we saw already. Um, but yeah, so um, towards the end, we did get a little bit of interference. I know this is something that a topic you're very passionate about, so I'll let you speak about that slightly. <laughs> um, yeah, just... Basically, sort of, you saw Mark Haskins with a chair. Vicky Haskins arrives, takes the chair off him, and then gives him a barbed wire baseball bat. Um, that that isn't what we're talking about. It's just the fact that Vicky Haskins is incredibly hot. So, <laughs> yeah, well done, Mark. Yeah, I mean, one one little criticism here, like while she was, they did spend quite a lot of time going to get the bat like I still feel like he could have hit Jimmy at least once with the chair I'm sure she wouldn't have minded so much if he'd hit him just once like nah. okay that would, probably not the worst thing in the world to inflict a little bit more punishment um just just my opinion really so yeah, yeah and <laughs> if if they're going to use her more she needs a bit more of a character maybe yeah i mean i think her character is kind of defined by the color of her hair you know she's put a, a little bit of red into her hair to show she's become a little bit villainous so to speak so um yeah she did kind of play into the end of the match we were on the sort of ending here um we got uh, the thumbtacks came out we got a rainmaker onto them um all that sort of thing, few few false finishes, and then Jimmy picked up the win by using the barbed wire bat across the throat of, of Haskins to get the pinfall. So, um, yeah, good fun match, actually. Um, Just one, one other point. Mm -hmm. um, I really think Jimmy Havoc needs a new finisher. Like, yeah. no, nothing against the Acid Rainmaker in general, but it, it hasn't got the impact that it needs to have. Like we've seen it so many times that he'll hit, he'll have to hit it three, four, sometimes five times to get yeah. people down. I feel like the the fact that um, you know he's he's using that, um, uh, you know, it's also used by like uh, Akada and NJPW as well. It's in quick danger of becoming the the new super kick. Yeah. In terms of it being, you know, just a big transitional move. Um, I totally agree with that. Jimmy absolutely needs a new finisher. So, um, yeah, 
answers on a postcard on that one, guys. <laughs> um, yeah, we hit the halfway mark. We got the interval. Um, they made big announcement that they are going to Wembley. Um, and so is Screaming for Progress. We are going to be there uh, September 30th, 2018. Um, Wembley Arena, biggest progress show to date. Um, card, obviously, to be confirmed. Um, but yeah, we are going to be there. So if you're going to be as well, then make sure and say hello. Um, we'll probably try and remind you a bit nearer the time. Um, they also panned Yeah, they'll to... have a few chapters before then. Yeah, I'm sure there'll be a couple. <laughs> <laughs> um, we've got a few really shite fancy dress shout outs as well. There's a guy dressed like Jack White pretending to be Shinsuke Nakamura. Um, yeah, a bald guy that just happened to look exactly like Necro Butcher um, and some guy who was dressed as Mankind, inexplicably. Um, you know, the, the progress legend, Mankind. Um, yeah, it was what it was. We got a break, got the announcement, and then we got the Atlas title triple threat between uh, Timothy Thatcher, Matt Riddle, and Volter. Um Nowhere near as good as the one-on-one -on -one matches between Matt Riddle and Walter. Um, Thatcher does nothing for me at all. This was kind of mm, just a big kind of greatest hits, um, I think, with an extra man involved. Uh, yeah, I don't really know if you have anything. I, in my notes, I have the only positive down is hard-hitting. So... <laughs> I don't know if you have anything more to say about the match itself. Um, well, yeah, like whenever, whenever Walter and Riddle are in the same ring, it's always hard hitting, but it was just sort of watered down by Timothy Thatcher being there, which I don't, I don't understand why he needed to be inserted into the match. Um, and yeah, just, they should have just kept it as maybe Riddle v sort of a rubber match type thing um, yeah I mean they've yeah. had two they've had two big one-on-one -on -one matches um, I think a third would have been would have been great I think the only thing may have been that Thatcher um, was there to to prevent it from being same thing again um, big criticism of WWE is they have the same matches running for so long but I don't really see the problem when it's a big feud like this especially when the matches are such quality. Um, but yeah, it was uh, it was Volter who picked up the win here. Um, so another title changing hands. Quite a surprise to me. Uh, quite a good end to the triple threat as well. Um, I would say, um, because Timothy Thatcher got his foot tied up between the middle and bottom ropes and it didn't look, didn't look intentional. Um, I'm sure you know Timothy wasn't meant to be part of the end. It was a pile driver by Walter to to Matt Riddle that ended it all. But yeah, when he got his foot stuck in the ropes, it genuinely looked like an accident. You know, it, it looked yeah. kind of natural how it happened, which I really liked, uh, whether it was or wasn't. Um, but yeah, it was actually after the match we got the, probably the biggest talking point of this. I'll let you. I'll let you do the reveal. Yeah. So we've got. Walter in the ring, sort of parading around with the title that he's now won for the second time. And we got uh, entrance music. No one knew who to expect. And it turns out it was Wolfgang, 
who, um, if you don't know who he is, he he generally sticks to ICW um, being the last king of Scotland. Um, and he sort of he's had a, he had a match recently against uh, Pete Dunne for the UK Championship, the WWE UK Championship. Um, and yeah, and he's now looks like he's in progress for a while. Yeah, um, I, I would say that the the music that he was using is the same as his ICW music. Um, so people familiar with that would have would have known straight away. Certainly not the same reaction as Marty Skrull got. Um, understandably, but yeah, I like it. I'm fine with this. Um, he's he's doing well in WWE. He's got good eyes on him. A lot of people are are liking him in WWE. So yeah, it makes makes total sense for Progress to bring him in. So yeah, um, yeah. I sort of I as much as I like Walter and Riddle in the same ring, I'd I'd like to see Walter against sort of more legit big men like Wolfgang or I don't know. Keith Lee or Jeff Cobb or something like that. Yeah, yeah. You know, someone who can match him size wise. Yeah, I'd I'd love to see uh, Cobb and Lee um, yeah. taking on Volter. I think that'd be that would have been the triple threat. I think they'd have needed to have reinforced the ring for that one. <laughs> <laughs> that that yeah, would have been insane. Um, but yeah, no, I, I'm I'm kind of happy with that. I think that Wolfgang's um, pretty good addition to to the progress progress roster so yeah fight fine with me um yeah shame the the match wasn't wasn't wonderful but it's okay um second to last match was the big eight man number one contendership match for the uh, atlas title listen to me uh for the progress title uh so in the order they came out we have uh damien dunna the grizzled young veterans zach gibson and james drake we had the newly reborn Strangler Davis, um, Mark Andrews and Eddie Dennis, who are obviously FSU tag team, um, Flash Morgan Webster, Jack Sexsmith, and this was pretty good fun. Um, didn't last very long, but uh, yeah, it was it was pretty cool while it lasted. So, um, don't know if there's anything you want to say about the match. Um, I mean, there's. I saw a sort of bit of Strangler Davis um, when he had that the sort of Boston Crab um, gory special uh, yeah. combo. Um, thought that was pretty cool. Um, and much to the ire of Stuart, I will say I'm becoming a bit of a fan of Eddie Dennis. Uh-huh. Yeah, <laughs> I, 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 I just don't get it. I, I just don't get it. I wish I got it. I just don't. Um, it's. I just. I'm. I'm not sure why everyone is so high on the guy. Really, like he's not a bad worker by any means. Um, I. Th- I think that Damien Dunn is a more entertaining character at this point in time. Um, you know, oh yeah, I, I do. I do like No Fun Dunn. But yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, a couple of good spots, and I will credit uh, I will credit Eddie Dennis for one point in this match. Um, we sort of got a spot where there was four superplexes uh, from the top rope. Um, I can't yes. remember who was all getting them done, but um, we got one after the other, and the the fourth one was Eddie Dennis to Damian Dunn, and I noticed before the first 
one had even been thrown, Eddie Dennis was actually holding Dunn in a deadlift suplex. And yeah, he continued. And he, held him he held him the whole time. Three. Yeah. Um, so yeah, credit to him for that. That was that was nuts. Um, doesn't mean I like the guy, but that was impressive <laughs> as hell. Um, I think had, it's going to take a lot, isn't it? It's, it is going to take a lot, and especially <laughs> he's especially not endured yeah. himself uh, with the end of the match. So um, my bay, my spirit animal, my best friend Mark Andrews uh, got the win here, um, which is good. It means he's going on to face Travis Banks for the Progress Championship at some point. Probably not going to win since he's he's had a, a cup of tea with the title in the past. Um, I think it's a, a decent first match for, for Banks. It's a bit odd they're going face versus face straight away. Um, but then that dick Eddie Dennis decided to attack Mark Andrews. I will point out there was a, pa- a part at the end where Andrews actually gestured to Dennis to take a take the pin as well like he he protected Dennis so Dennis could get the win um which kind of made it a bit less sensical that that would be the case I kind of hope that we get Dennis versus Andrews at chapter 56 um instead of the the Andrews title shot there I think quite like to see it but given progress booking I think we're going to get Mark Andrews taking on Travis Banks in a match that will then be interfered in by Eddie Dennis I think is, is my, my real prediction there um, so yeah Dennis now a bad guy um, yeah. I, I think Dennis will work quite well as a heel to be honest yeah well I think that he's, he's certainly drawn the ire of, of fans um, for attacking Mark Andrews so um, yeah I think we'll we'll get uh, I think we'll, we'll, we'll soon see um to be honest, yeah, I think it'll be pretty entertaining over the next few weeks to see what they do with them. So, yeah, um, it's just a shame that other promotions have been um, have been advertising, you know, the end of FSU since this show, um, and they've been yeah. in photos together and all that sort of thing all over social media. Uh, it does kind of break the break the immersion a little bit, but that's the that's the era we're living in at the moment, really, isn't it? So. Not yeah, to worry. There's no sort of kayfabe anymore, really, is there? No, there's there's not. I mean, it's it's not exactly Braun Strowman and Roman Reigns hanging out at the Coliseum together, but um, <laughs> you know, it's still still enough to make you make you think. Um, but yeah, that's it. That's we are here at the final match of the night, the long-awaited championship match between Pete Dunne and Travis Banks. Um, so yeah, British Strong Style out with Dunne to start. Um, who then decides to leave can't be bothered not interested this evening um, but the three men come out before the 10 count with sledgehammers um, so yeah it was it was pretty good to see Chris Roberts the referee kind of lose his temper with British strong style <laughs> they've, they've been... I thought that was amazing I loved that yeah so Chris Roberts had a bit of a hard time from them recently you know done his has beat up refs hit uh, hit crew members he did a little bit of that here but yeah Chris Roberts fought back sent British strong style to um to the back and we have a one on one match so um I don't know I'll let you let you talk about this one a little bit um yeah it was I mean it was a pretty good match you know what to expect from both of them by now 
um, done with his usual sort of biting of the fingers and finger snaps and stuff like that. Um, Travis Banks being the Kiwi buzzsaw, the Terminator, whatever you want to call him, just keeps coming at you and keeps coming at you. Um, and there was a point where um, Dunn actually hit the bitter end on him um, and Travis Banks kicked out, which they said it's never happened before. Yeah. But I'm, I'm pretty sure it has, thinking of it. Yeah. Um, I don't know. <laughs> I'm sure someone's kicked out of it before. That's a good good question. Anyone on the Twitterverse uh, can answer that question for us um, at Progress Scream. Yes, let us know. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, I, I'm pretty sure I've seen someone kick out of it before, and Dunn had the same reaction. But, yeah, um, yeah, we sort of had Dunn starts beating the refs up. Another ref came out. He beat him up. Another one came out. He beat him up. Um, then. British Strong Style came back out and that then made CCK come out. Yeah. Um, and yeah, lots of lots of shenanigans and everything you'd expect. Um, and yeah, in the end, it was a pretty decent match. I thought it might have been a bit anticlimactic um, for how long they've been building it up for. But yeah, it turned out pretty decent. Yeah, um, it, it was kind. Of, it did go into the clusterfuck territory a little bit towards the end. Um, it was kind of inevitable that all this was going to happen. Um, we we're going to get British Strong Style return. We we're going to get CCK involved. Um, a couple of things I did like. Um, I liked that Dunn tried for like a long distance count out at one point. Like he threw, but he took Banks to the other corner. Of the the um, the venue and threw him through the chairs like kind of late on in the count so at like five or six yeah he threw him through the chairs and then got back into the ring himself um in the hope that you know it's just you know just too far away for him to recover and then still be able to get back um and yeah, i also caught him back though wasn't he yeah yeah i mean obviously he wasn't this one gonna end on a count out i think the whole place would have exploded if it had um, but I did also like the fact that Pete Dunne tapped out as well. Um, it wasn't like a pinfall. It wasn't really. There was no controversy in the decision. You know, he he slapped the mat. He really put. He really put Travis over. Um, I forget the name of the finishing move. Um, but yeah, it was it was it was pretty good match. Pretty good fun. Um, afterwards, Banks got the belt. Celebrated. Um, or sorry, Dunne gave him the belt. Sort of threw it into his arms and walked off. Um, I think it was pretty good. A little bit of character from Dunn, obviously. Wasn't interested really in being Progress Champion as the title anymore. It was more for the the ability to manipulate the promotion. Um, I think that... Um, I'm trying to think of the right way to put this. Um... I think that's probably going to be it. I did say in my prediction, I think this was going to be the end of British Strong Style in progress. Um, I think we'll see them around for another couple of shows, but I think that's definitely going to be it for them. I think they're going to be making their way to the WWE full-time sooner than later. Um, yes, yeah, especially Dunn. Yeah. Um, I know 
I know you don't really watch NXT anymore, um, but last week there was a, as I said, there was a title match between him and Wolfgang. Um, sort of done one fine, um, and then Wolfgang got attacked by um, Red Dragon. Okay. Uh, so Kyle O'Reilly, yeah. Marty Fish, um, and Adam Cole, baby, uh, <laughs> and yeah. Done. We thought, oh, he's going to go in the ring to get the save, and no, just grabbed his belt and just left him to it, which yeah. was amazing because it's it's Pete Dunne, and that's just totally in keeping with his character. So possibly he's going to have a bit more of a storyline in NXT. Yeah, it seems. Yeah, I don't think he'll be very long. I think that British Strong Style are kind of getting into. Uh, a bit of a feud with Red Dragon too so um, yeah like I say I think that's going to be kind of the end of BSS in progress um, I did write down one little prediction um, in terms of the booking going forward, I think we may see a rematch of sorts between either Travis Banks and Pete Dunne or British Strong Style and CCK and I think it may be like a sort of loser leaves progress sort of stipulation um, yeah, that, I, I can I, see that happening. Yeah, I I don't know why. I think that I think it would probably work a little bit better as a tag team match um, than the the title. But yeah, I, I I really could see one of one of the two ways, or maybe even like a six man kind of thing. Um, you know, loser loser leaves progress um, to to actually get rid of British strong style properly. Um, just just as a thought. So, um, overall, Liam, what were your thoughts of the show and what was your match of the night? Um, yeah, I think, all in all, it was a pretty good show. Um, I mean, I said, I know I said sort of the women's match wasn't the best show, but maybe that's because it was following on from um, the ladder match. It probably just felt a bit flat because that was so good. Um and yeah, ladder match, match of the night for me. Okay, yeah, I, I'm total agreement. Um, I thought it was a good show. It wasn't the best progress show I've ever seen, but there was nothing here that was bad, um, like inherently bad. Um, so yeah, um, match of the night for me. Yeah, definitely the ladder match. Closely followed up by a death match. Um, but yeah, definitely a decent show. If you have somehow made it through this without having seen it, Go and watch it. You certainly won't be disappointed, um, although you might be now with all the spoilers. Um, on that note, I will say I'm really, really annoyed with the amount of um, content that's posted by Progress um, in the week between the show happening and airing on demand. Um, I knew the results of every match bar one um, through their own social media page. Um I, I don't like it. I think it's annoying. If they're going to take so long putting the shows up, I think they need to, to stop this, really. I think they need to stop giving so much away. Like there's, It's getting to a point where like, I, I'd seen all the high spots from this event. You know, I'd seen three or four moments just from the Jimmy Havoc and, and Mark Haskin match, which ironically was the only match I didn't know the result of. Um <laughs> I thought I did. I'd seen a picture of a bloody Jimmy Havoc lying in the ring. Um, I thought that was the end. I thought it was. I thought he'd lost. To be honest, um, that's my only criticism. I think that they need to stop, or 
I don't really want to not follow them on Twitter anymore, you know, but I, I feel like it's kind of the only way I can keep myself spoiler free. Um, yeah, yeah, I know. I, I said to you, I've, I sort of stayed off social media, yeah. um, except for Facebook, where I'm not following progress. Yeah. Because um, I, I found out the results to the ladder match first, and that's when I thought, right, I'm staying away. Mm. Um, and it took them, I think, three or four days to say, oh, yeah, they're spoilers, so I'm followers, so if you don't want to know. Yeah, exactly. It's like, well, exactly. yeah, thanks, Faris three days too late yeah i mean i think the, the problem is they post spoilers of the evening and i think what's most annoying here is that because for some fucking reason no social network displays chronologically anymore um so yeah it's it's like even the next day if you go into twitter you're going to see oh you missed this tweet from 16 hours ago like well don't so it's not even like um yeah it's it's, it's just uh, really really annoys me anyway <laughs> anyway that's the age we live in unfortunately yes that's my rant over <laughs> uh, while i breathe uh liam if you've got anything more you want to say before we sign off um no, looking forward to Wembley, but we've got a good year yet, so you'll yeah. be having more more shows, more podcasts. Um, hopefully, the next one starts setting up some sort of decent, good storylines. Yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm hoping that we're going to get a really good show uh, next year. Um, but yeah, other than that, that was Chapter 55, Chase the Sun. Um I've been Stuart, out after Dark 216. He's been Liam, the Grimfish. And we will see you when we return for Chapter 56, La Danse Macabre. Until then, don't be a dick. <laughs>